We have begun a series in the Sermon on the Mount and have come to the third Beatitude today. The Beatitudes were rejected almost from the moment they were spoken. And if one understands the historic context in which they were given, it's easy to understand why. In 63 B.C., Pompey annexed Palestine to Rome. At that time, they lost their freedom, and from that time, Israel was governed by Roman kings, governors, and procurators. So they began to look for a Messiah. They knew that God had promised He was going to send a Messiah. And so they began to anticipate and to look for a Messiah who was going to come and free them from Roman bondage. At first, they began to believe that Jesus might be this promised Messiah. And so there were great crowds that gathered around to hear Him. They saw the miracles that He performed. And so they thought, maybe this is the one. Perhaps this is the Messiah that God had promised who is going to free us from our bondage. But then as time went by, they decided he must not be, and they rejected him. John wrote in John chapter 1, verse 11, He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. You see, the zealots were looking for a military Messiah who would come and overthrow the Romans. The Pharisees were looking for a Messiah who would come with great cataclysmic miracles and establish his kingdom. And Jesus did not fit that description. He did not fit their expectation. And then they heard him on the ser- in the Sermon on the Mount as he said that if someone slaps you on one cheek, you turn the other He said, blessed are those who are meek, and they said, that is not exactly what we're looking for. We're not looking for a meek Messiah. We're looking for someone to deliver us. And so they rejected him, and they rejected his teachings. In like manner today, we have probably rejected Jesus largely for the same reason. I I read sometimes and hear sometimes uh, that men are getting in touch with their feminine side. But I am not aware of any business that is looking for someone to turn the other cheek when they are hiring an employee. I I don't think the coach down here is looking for a gentle linebacker when he is recruiting someone to play football at Ben Lippin. And I know that they are not at USC or elsewhere. And when we're looking for a politician, we are not looking for someone who is meek and who turns the other cheek. We are looking for a candidate who is going to advocate strongly for us and for our position. And so probably for the same reason, it is confusing to us because we are looking for someone who is strong, a deliverer. We are looking for someone who will advocate for our causes. And because Jesus does not seem to be that, then he is rejected. Well, let's look at this beatitude today. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse number 1, and our focus will be on verse number 5. And when he saw the multitudes, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, And opening his mouth, he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, 
for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. The dictionary defines gentle as mild, soft, delicate, moderate. Vines wrote, the meaning of meek is not readily expressed in English, for the terms meekness, mildness, commonly used, suggest weakness. And Vines went on there to say, neither translation, meek, or gentle, adequately expresses what this biblical word means. So what does it mean? Well, let me begin by telling you what it does not mean. Meekness is not a natural disposition. Some people are naturally meek, and others are not. For instance, uh, John and James were referred to, they were nicknamed Sons of Thunder, by Jesus, so I don't think they were meek, as least in our understanding of it. So some people are just naturally meek, while others are not. It is not a natural disposition. It is not indolence. Some people think that when they read this, blessed are the meek, that it is that person who goes along to get along, the person who doesn't rock the boat, the, the person who is never involved in any kind of a confrontation, that they are indolent. It is not. It is not niceness. Some people are biologically nice. You know people who are just nice. Others are not. But that does not mean, being nice does not mean that person is gentle. It is not weakness. Normally when we think of this and we read this, blessed are the meek, we think of a person who is weak. I had heard the story about a little man. He was um, a very timid fellow. He had gone to the opera one night and checked his coat at the uh, cloak place and and when he was leaving, there was another man who had his coat and was putting on his coat. He stood there not knowing what to do, and he watched for a minute, and he said, Are, are you Mr. Jones? And he said, No, I'm not. He said, Well, that's Mr. Jones' coat that you're putting on. That's sort of the way we think of a person who is meek, that they, they are somewhat timid. They, they are not confrontational at all, and that is not what the word means. Well, if it isn't, then what does it mean? If it is not niceness, if it is not uh, uh, a weakness, if it's not any of those things, then what does the word mean? Jesus said, blessed are the meek, blessed are the gentle. So what does it mean? There are those who understand it to be in terms of that happy medium between two extremes. Now, that was Aristotle. Aristotle defined all virtues as being the happy medium between two extremes. Now, let me give you an example as to the way he saw it. On one side, in one extreme, there is the spendthrift who spends every dime they get. On the other end of the spectrum is the miser who will never spend anything. And in between there is the generous person. That happy medium, the one who is in between the two extremes. So when Aristotle looked at this word then, he understood it to be the happy medium between the person who is excessively angry and the person who is never 
angry. In between this, there is the meek person. It is that happy medium. So then, with that understanding, the verse would be translated, Blessed is the man who is always angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time. So it means that happy medium between two extremes. Then, in truth, the word is an agriculture word. It is a word that is used to refer to a domesticated animal. I grew up on a farm, and we had cattle and horses and all those things that you have on a farm. Well, when we got a new horse, someone had to break the horse. Now, what that means is that you get on the horse and you ride the horse and he tries to throw you off and so forth. But after a while, the horse becomes gentle enough that you can ride the horse. He has become domesticated. Now, he has no less power... He has no less spirit, but now his power is under control. That's what this word means. It is a word that is used to refer to one whose power has come under the control of the Holy Spirit. So it means to be under control. The word refers to someone who is teachable or humble enough to be taught. Quintilian, the Roman teacher of oratory, said of his students... They would no doubt be excellent students if they were not already convinced of their own knowledge. So to be meek then, to be gentle, means that a person is humble enough that they are willing to listen, that they are willing to be taught. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote, The man who is truly meek is the one who is amazed that God and man can think of him as well as they do and treat him as well as they do. So that's what the word means. It refers to someone who has come under the control of the Holy Spirit. It, It refers to that happy medium between two extremes. That is what, it's not a word that means weakness in any sense. Now, I told you when we began looking at the Beatitudes that they were progressive, that each one of them builds on the next one. And so you're beginning to see that, I hope, as we go through the Beatitudes. I hope you see how they are building on each other. For instance, the first one in verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, that is the person, I told you, when we looked at that, that is the person who understands their spiritual poverty. And the word poor that is used there refers to a beggar. Blessed is the person who understands their spiritual poverty, that they are spiritual beggars. And then the next one says, blessed are those who mourn. So the first beatitude is the intellectual part. It is the understanding that I am a spiritual beggar. And then there is the emotional part. As a result of my condition, I mourn. And then we come to the one today which is relationally I respond to others with meekness or gentleness. Do you see how that works? I see my own condition. I am humbled as a result of my condition. And that affects my relationship to you. That I am gentle, I am meek in my dealing with you. Now let me give you some examples of this kind of person. So you'll understand what this means that Jesus is speaking of. Abraham would be considered a meek person. 
Now, when Abraham was called to the promised land, he took his nephew Lot with him. As time went by, their herds began to grow, their families began to grow, their clans began to grow. As they did, there was a conflict that developed between them. The herdsmen of Lot and the herdsmen of Abram were at odds with each other because they were, they were having to share too little land. And so Abraham responded in Genesis chapter 13, verses 8 and 9. Then Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me, nor between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If to the left, then I'll go to the right. Or if to the right, then I will go to the left. Folks, that is meekness. That's what that is. He is saying, look, you choose first. And if you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land to the right. If you want the land to the right, then I'll take the land to the left. But we have to get along because we are brothers. We are brothers, so there is to be no conflict. He responded to his nephew with meekness. Another example would be Joseph. You recall the story in the Old Testament about Joseph. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. And after a while, Joseph became the uh, prime minister of Egypt. And there was a famine in the land. And so his brothers had to come to him for grain, not knowing that that was Joseph. In time, he revealed himself. When they realized that this was Joseph, their brother that they had betrayed, They were fearful for their lives because they had sold him into slavery. And so they were fearful. In the story, as you recall, Joseph said to them, You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You see, God used this journey of my life and this evil that you did to me. God was able to use that so that I might minister to your needs now, which I believe to be a fulfillment of Romans 8:28. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Well, that verse does not say everything that happens to you is good. But it says that God can use everything in your life for good as you follow after him. And so Joseph then responded in meekness. He responded in gentleness. Another example of meekness would be Moses. The Bible says in Numbers 12:3, "Now the man Moses was very humble or meek, more than any man who was on the face of the earth." So the scripture says that Moses was the meekest man on the earth. Does that mean that he was weak? Well, when he came off of Mount Sinai and he saw the people worshiping an idol that Aaron had made for them, he threw the tablets down, broke the tablets, punished the people. They did not think at all that he was weak. And yet the Bible says that he was the meekest man in the earth. William Barclay wrote, Moses was no milk and water character. He was no spineless creature. He could be blazingly angry, but he was a man whose anger, listen to this, whose anger was on the leash, only to be released when the time was right. Moses was a meek man, but he knew when to be angry. Jesus was meek, according to Scripture. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 
10, verse number 1. Now, I, Paul, myself, urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Was Jesus weak? Well, certainly not. When he overthrew the tables of the money changers in the temple, they didn't think of him as being weak. He was very strong. He was very committed. He was meek, the Bible says. He was gentle, the Bible says, but he was not weak. Vines wrote, it must be clearly understood, therefore, that the meekness manifested by the Lord and commended to the believer is the fruit of power. Meekness is the fruit of power. Jesus was meek, but powerful. Blessed are the gentle. Well, let's look at that verse again. Blessed are the gentle. Here's the promise, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, when he said blessed are the gentle, that again is emphatic, which means that they and they alone will inherit the earth. No one else. They and they alone. Emphatic. So the gentle person is blessed because why? Because they recognize sin in their life and they understand the consequence of sin when it comes. My wife was downtown recently and she saw a former member of our church who had left the church, got into sin, and so forth. And when she was talking with me later, she was telling me about how, how her heart was grieved. Because she said, when I saw him, he didn't look the same. He didn't look the same. There was a hollowness about him. Yeah, some of you know what that is. I do too. It breaks my heart when I see someone who has, who has served the Lord, who's been involved in the things of God, and then I see them go out into sin and the change that happens to them. I guess I'm especially sensitive to it when I see these, these precious young people. And I see their innocence, and some of them I've watched as they've grown up from just babies. And I pray for them. I pray for you. Because I know there are so many temptations that are out there for you that if you follow those temptations, it is going to radically change your life. And it'll not be a good change. How precious it is when you see a young person who knows the Lord and loves the Lord and spends all of their life faithful to the Lord. The life that Jesus gives is an abundant life. You see, the, the meek person is blessed because they understand that. They, they understand their own condition and then they understand the consequences of sin. And the Bible says they shall inherit the earth. Now, there would be no problem here had the Bible says they will inherit heaven. We would have had no issue with that. But he says that blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. What does that mean? Well, actually, it is a reference from King David. In Psalm chapter 37, verses 9 and 11, the Bible says, For evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Get a little while, and the wicked man will be no more, and you will look carefully for his place, and he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land, and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. So what does this say? When Jesus said, 
Blessed are the gentle. They will inherit the earth. What does it mean? Well, it means, first of all, that God will protect them. Folks, if you are a meek person, as Jesus is speaking of here, then you don't always have to worry about protecting yourself because he is saying that God is going to protect you. God watches over his children. So it refers to protection. This person who is being protected by God is also controlled by the Holy Spirit because they are meek. They have yielded control of their lives to the Holy Spirit. Thus, they are content with their lives. What a joy it is to to have contentment in life that comes from a relationship to Christ. Then it's not anything about your wins or your losses. It is nothing about your bank account. It is nothing about any of those things. There is joy in your life because of your relationship to Him and because He gives to us contentment. Well, let's examine ourselves. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. I think that is important. I, you know, I, sometimes you talk to people and say, do you, do you know the Lord? Oh, I'm a Baptist. Well, boy, there's some sorry Baptists. Or I've been confirmed, or I'm a Methodist, or I'm something else. No, let's test ourselves to see if we're gentle, to see if we are meek. This is what Jesus said, blessed are the gentle, blessed are the meek. They shall inherit the earth. So let me, let me just ask you some questions. What is your attitude towards Scripture? Because that is going to give you a clue if you are gentle or meek or not. What is your attitude towards Scripture? Now, you see, the world rejects Scripture The world is offended by Scripture. The world wants nothing to do with it. In fact, we had, uh, I remember years ago when I I was uh, uh, here and and one of the members of the church stopped me one Sunday morning and was chastising me because I had referred to the Bible as God's Word. And uh, my response was, well, I thought it was. And he said, it is not. And I said, well, if it is not, what is it? And he said, it is a compilation of those people's understanding as to what was happening to them. And I said, you and I are never going to agree on that. But you see, that's the way that the world sees the Bible. The world sees the Bible and is offended by the Bible, or they reject the Bible. So how do you say, how does the gentle person view Scripture? The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 21, In humility, or meekness, receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. See, that's the way that the meek person views the Scripture, receives it. It is the Word of God. In fact, I'm reading the book right now, Bonhoeffer, and and I was reading a portion of it last night where he had come down so strongly on the Bible being the Word of God. That it is the living Word of God directed to you. And so I'm being blessed by that. But that's the way that the meek person sees the Bible, as the Word of God. Well, what's your attitude towards a sinful brother? The world condemns the sinful brother. And you saw that in the story in the New Testament about the woman who was caught in the act of adultery and the religious people were there and they were ready to stone the woman who's caught in the act. Or the world delights in the sin 
Uh, have you noticed that on television, whenever someone who claims to be a Christian, if they can do anything to tear that person down, the world delights in doing that. And that's the reason that you can't get out of the checkout at the supermarket, because you're standing there reading Globe and Inquirer and all that, I do too. I mean, you know, because they, the world delights in that kind of, but what about the gentle person? What about the meek person? How does that person respond to the sinful brother? Well, the Scripture says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, Brethren, even if a man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. You see, the gentle person is the one who wishes to restore, not to stone. See, the world wants to stone the person who has fallen. But the person who is gentle, the person who is meek, wants to restore. What's your attitude towards the church? The world sees the church as being irrelevant and attacks it. But what about the meek person? Well, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing forbearance to one another in love. We love each other. What is your attitude towards those who disagree with you? How do you relate to those who disagree with you? The world says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. What about the gentle person? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. The gentle person corrects those who are in opposition if there needs to be correction. So let me, let me conclude. Are you gentle? Are you meek, according to the word that is used here? According to the idea that Jesus had, are you gentle? I think it's all a part of this progression that we see. You have recognized your spiritual poverty. You understand that you're a sinner. And you mourn as a result of it. You repent as a result of sin. And then you humble yourself to Christ and become a gentle person. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. They and they alone will inherit the earth. Our gracious Father and God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for your protection to us, your provision for us, and the contentment that you give us in Jesus. Lord, I pray today your Holy Spirit might move among us and speak to our hearts. And I pray for those who have never come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that today they would. And I pray, Father, for Christians who are out in sin, that they might be restored even today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, in just a moment, we're going to stand and the choir is going to sing a hymn of invitation, an opportunity for you to respond to the Lord. If you're without Christ, would you commit your life to Him today? If you're looking for church home, our doors are open to you. We'd love to have you as a part of our family. Stand with me, please, as we stand and they sing, You Come, I'll Reach As You Do.